Well, good morning, Thrive Church. I'm so glad that you are here with us this morning. Wasn't that just an awesome experience this morning? Giving God praise. Let's do that. We give God praise. If, you, if we've not already met, my name is Sheldon Miles. I'm the lead pastor here at Thrive Church. And uh, I'm so glad that you are here with us. For those who are watching online in the 715 area code, we're glad that you are uh, connecting with us. I had to change my shirt, and I had to put on the only jacket that I had this morning, so I hope that I'm not offending anybody here this morning, but I guess I'm just here to represent. Amen, Scott? That's right, just here to represent. But if you don't know anything about Thrive Church, we just want you to know that we are a spirit-led, we are a mission-driven people-loving, servant-hearted, growth-minded church that is leading people to become life-giving followers of Jesus. And we would love for you to join with us in that, uh, in that mission. I want you to know uh, that this morning, after the morning service, there's going to be a special business meeting. And uh, we announced this a couple weeks ago. And this is open for everybody, but in particular, we are members. That there's going to be a, a, a vote that we're going to ask you. And we talked about that here. And so you have to come and find out more. And that will be the only topic that we will be discussing in that, that, uh, that meeting. Also, I just wanted you to know, I know you've, you, you've wondered, hey, what's happening with the platform here? And, and that's not the look that we were going for, okay? And we want you to know we are on a mission to finish this platform uh, but we've had to rely on people and volunteers of the church and the, the, one of the lead people who had a, uh, a surgery here a little while ago. So it is our plan and our intention to have this done next month. So I just wanted to give you a little bit of follow-up uh, with, with all that's about. So I want to encourage you this morning, follow along in your sermon notes. Uh, you should have received some sermon notes uh, when, when you came in today. You get so much more out of the message. And uh, So I just, uh, any Scandinavians out there? Any Scandinavians out there? You know, I'm going to share with you a little Scandinavian humor that maybe you would only understand. Uh, I, I got a Lars Ole and Sven joke out there, and so, uh, so one day Lars, Sven, and Ole they they were asked a question: When you're in your casket, and your friends and your neighbors are there and they're standing over your body and mourning, crying. What are the words that you would like to hear them say? Well, Lars said, I would like them to say that I was a good family man, a wonderful husband who loved the wife and the kids, and worked very hard every day to provide the food for the table. Sven thought about it and said, I would like them to say that I was a, a wonderful godly man, a servant of the Lord, who was in church every Sunday and made a difference in the lives of the people throughout the week. Those are worthy things. Oli blurted out, well, that's all well and good there, yeah, you betcha. But if they was there staring over me, I would want them to say, look, he's moving. Okay. That's all I got. That's all I got. All right. Yes, that was cracked me up all morning long. How many of you are glad you're moving this morning? <laughs> glad you're moving. All right. So we have a spirit of thanksgiving, and that leads me into our topic that we are talking about. We're doing a sermon series called Thanksgiving. 
And what we're talking about is we're talking about living a life of gratitude. And I believe gratitude really is within all of us. I believe that there is an inner urge in most of us. I just want to believe this. There's an inner urge for us to give thanks. I, I, hope, I believe the best in people. I believe that that urge is there. But I also know this. I know this about you. There is a desire for you to receive thanks. When you do something for somebody, you want people to recognize it, and it feels good to receive that thanks. Well, we're, we're using this scripture verse this morning, Romans 12, 1. And we know that, that, that Paul was, was speaking to the, the, the Christians in Rome, and he was saying to them, he said, listen, I, I want, I plead with you, I plead with you to give your bodies, to give your life, give your life to God. And why? Why is that so? Because of all that he has done for you. Can I ask you this morning, what has God done for you? What has God done for you? You, you heard it from some of these people who were, who were baptized this morning. If you were standing up here, what would you say that God has done for you? We know that, that Jesus, that even, even while you were in your sins, the whole world, even when, when the whole world rejects Jesus, Jesus died for the entire world. And that he has redeemed you. If you're a Christ follower today, he has redeemed you. and He has set you free from your sin. And he has refocused, he's redirected your eternal destiny. Amen? Jesus has done so much for you. And so that's why. That's why we give him our lives because of what he has done for us. Then he says this. He says, let them, let your body, let your life be a living and holy sacrifice. In fact, make it the kind that he will find acceptable. You see, in the Old Testament times, after, after a great blessing or a great redemption or a miracle that God would provide, they would just stop. They would stop and they would say, okay, let's give God thanks. And what they would do is, is they would pick out their best. They would find their best offering, whatever it would be, and they would bring that to the priest and they would give it to the Lord as a thank you offering. And the Hebrew word for that thank you offering was tuda. Everybody say tuda. Look at your neighbor and say tuda. I am so tuda for you. I'm thankful for you. They would bring the best. Are you giving God your best? And Paul would say, you know what the best thing that you can give to God? Give to God a living sacrifice. Instead of something that is dead or something that is going to fade away, what if, just what if, you gave God something that he could really use? You know, I want you to know this this morning. God is not so interested in your sacrifice as he is your heart. God wants your heart. And when he has your heart, the worship just comes right after that. God wants your heart. And so he says this, he says this, giving God your life, being a living sacrifice to God, this, now this is how you worship God, is with your life. So here's the big idea of this sermon series. That's why you get anything out of this, I want you to get this. Your gratitude, listen to me, your gratitude is demonstrated best through your give. Let me say that one more time. Your gratitude, the way that you present your gratitude, the best thing that you can do is give. 
is to give. So, so today, I, I, I want to talk about what does it mean to be a living sacrifice? What does that mean? If you were to answer that question, and I would answer it like this. I would say to be a living sacrifice is to live your life on purpose. Live your life on purpose. Today, that's what I want to talk about. The title of my message is On Purpose. In other words, to be intentional with your life. To know your purpose and to live it out. I know a lot of people, they may know their purpose, but they're not necessarily living out their purpose. But to know your purpose and be intentional to live it out. I, you know, I met a lot of people who wonder, they ask that question, what is the purpose for life? And if you were to answer that question, what would that be? What is your purpose? Do you realize that God has a plan and a purpose for your life? Did you know that? God, and I'm, I'm not just talking about the church. I'm talking about you individually. God has a plan and purpose in your life. And I want you to know this. There's many Christians who are living unfulfilled lives. Can you imagine that, being a Christ follower, but feeling unfulfilled? And I would say it's because either they don't know what their purpose is, or they know what their purpose is, but they're not being intentional with their purpose. They're not doing anything with that purpose. So to live on purpose, you need to understand who you are in Christ. Do you know who you are in Christ? Because I believe when you understand who you are in Christ, you will understand your purpose and how to be intentional about it. So I'm just going to go on a on-purpose rant this morning. Can I go on an on-purpose rant for you this morning? I want you to know that you are made for a mission. You're made for, look at your neighbor and say, you're made for a mission. You're made for a mission. Well, how do I know that? Where, where did I come up with this idea? Well, I got it from this Jesus guy. In John 20, 21, Jesus appeared to his disciples after his resurrection. And what he's doing is I just want you to imagine, how many of you ran track when you were younger? How many running track right now? You run, you're on a track team. And how many of you ever been on a relay team? And, and, and on that relay team, you're, you're just waiting for that next person. And they have the baton, and they're running fast as fast as they can. And that's what Jesus was doing. He came to earth, and he ran as fast and as hard as he could. And then he died on the cross, and he rose again. And then what he's saying to his disciples, I hand the baton to you. He says this, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Everybody just put your hand out this morning. I said, will you, will you just receive the baton right now? Just, I receive the baton. I, I'm passing it on to you. I'm passing it on. The Apostle Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 5, 18. He says, you've been given the mission of reconciliation. You know what reconciliation is? Reconciliation is when something is broken, a relationship is broken, a relationship was broken, and I'm not talking to him, and he's not talking to me. Maybe this person's willing to talk, but this person won't talk. And, and the reconciliation say, listen, let's, let's go talk to this person. Let's, let's work this out. And they sit and they talk, and the relationship is restored. It is redeemed. It is renewed. And it says here that Paul says, and God has given us this task, this mission, of reconciling people to God. It, it is our mission to go out to the world, people who are disengaged, disconnected with God, and say, hey, let, let me introduce you to God. I know you're separated from him because of your sin, but I'm telling you, he's a good God, and he loves you, and he wants this relationship reconciled. And we, 
have been given that task to reconcile people to God. And the best way to be intentional about this, the best way to be intentional about your mission is to share your story of reconciliation. Each of you are here today. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you have a story to tell. And it is a story of reconciliation. Somebody came into your life and said, no, 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 no. Let, let, me, let me introduce you to Jesus. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I, let, and, and let this relationship be reconciled. Can I get, be on a rant this morning? You're made for a mission. Number two, you are blessed to be a blessing. Look at your neighbor and say, you're blessed to be a blessing. You are blessed to be a blessing. Look at your spouse and say, you are such a blessing. You are such a blessing to me. Whether you realize it or not, you are living. Every person in this room, I don't know what your financial status is, where you live, what's going on in your life, I want you to know you are living the blessed life. How many of you are living the blessed life right now? Raise your hand. You're living the blessed life. To be blessed is this. The word blessed is to be better off. You're better off. You have been given much. And some of you are like, well, I don't have much. But I want you to know, if, if you travel around the rest of the world, you'll realize how much. I don't, I don't know. You might be in a state of poverty here in the United States. But compared to the rest of the world, you are rich. You have been given much. And it's more than just things. It's more than just finances. You have been blessed. When was the last time you said, thank you, God, for your blessings? So in Luke chapter 12, Jesus is telling a parable to his disciples about a servant. And he's, say, he's saying, listen, the servant is going to be judged by what he does with the blessings that have been given to him by the master. You see, the master's not here. The master's out of town. But when the master returns, he's going to look at and say, what did you do with the blessings that I gave you? And he ends the parable like this. Listen to me closely. He's speaking to every one of us in this room. He says, when someone has been given much, when you have blessings in your life, because we all raise our hands and say, I'm living a blessed life. If you have been given much, much blessings will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much blessings, even more blessings will be required. Since a, parable, since a parable is to illustrate a spiritual principle of living out, what does this mean for us? Understand all of your blessings in life are because of God. Everything that you own, everything that you possess, it's really God's. We're going to talk more about that next week. But how we handle our blessings and what we do with our blessings, it matters to God. And if it matters to God, it should matter to us. In other words, you're blessed so you can be a blessing to others. Did you know that? The reason why God has given you so much in your life is so that you can be a blessing to others. So the best way, the best way to be intentional is to continually pray and look for opportunities to be a blessing. And that's why we're taking this season of Thanksgiving you, you watched the video here just a few moments ago. That we next week we are going to give we're going to take the opportunity to be a blessing for people we may never meet in this lifetime. You see, all around the world there is a crisis, there is a food shortage in a, in a lot of countries, and we are going to challenge you to take one day, just one day of your wages, 
And you would put it in this envelope. And you would give it not to, not to Thrive Church, not even to Convoy of Hope, but using those instruments to bless a child for a year. I'm going to encourage you to do that. Encourage you to do that. But you know why I'm encouraging you? You know why I'm just going, going out on the limb and say, I think you should do this? Because it's your purpose. It's your purpose. You are blessed to be a blessing. Your blessings are not just for yourself. You're blessed to be a blessing. Let me, go, let me continue on with this rant here this morning. I'm going to say that you are healed to help others. How many of you, God has healed your life, and whether emotionally, physically, spiritually, whatever it is, you're healed to help others, healed to help others. For some of you, you may not realize it now. Some of you might be going through a lot of pain and struggle, and you may not realize it right now, but there's a purpose for your pain. And that's really easy to say when you're not so much in pain, but when you're in pain, that's hard to hear, right? That's a difficult statement. But listen to the Apostle Paul. I love this passage here, 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4. This is part of my rant here. He says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to this. God is our merciful Father, and he is the source of all comfort. Isn't that what we need when we're in pain? Whatever that pain is, we just, we're longing for comfort. I want you to know we have a heavenly Father who is a comforter, and he comforts us in all of our troubles. Why? So that we can comfort others. Did you catch that? Sometimes, sometimes we want to take the Bible and just make it all about ourselves. And Paul says, God has healed you so that you can help bring healing into somebody else's life. Did you realize that? Maybe the reason why you're going through your challenge in life is so that God can better use you to help bring healing into somebody else's life. It says when they are troubled, we will then be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. You see, there was a season in your life when God brought you through pain and he brought healing into your life. Maybe you're going through that process right now. But God brought you through that pain in your life so that you can be a vessel to help others who are in the same circumstances. I've talked with some folks who have been attending the church here, and, and some of you have communicated to me, you know, there, there needs to be an addiction program here. And I want to help with that. Because I recognize what God has done in my life to help bring me through an addiction. And I'm still recovering. But I feel like I'm in a place now where I can, I can help others. I, I want to help. You see, there's, there's nobody like an addict to help a fellow addict, a recovered addict to help a fellow addict, right? And, and that person went through those trials, and God brought them out of those strongholds and those addictions so that they can help others. I've shared with you at the church before that uh, Michelle and I went through a season of pain. In fact, that, that pain was so great, we, we made the decision and we needed to step out of pastoral ministry. We just took a season to just heal and let God heal. And now, now that I'm back and we are back pastoring again, man, I have a sensitivity towards pastors who are hurting and going through pain. I, 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 have a, a tend, I can recognize it. I can discern it. 
And I just feel this longing and this urging. In fact, I've had a fellow pastor reach out to me and says, I would like you to join my team, and our ministry is this. We are just going to reach out and encourage pastors. I'm like, sign me up. Because there were people who reached out to me in my time of pain that helped me heal, and I want to continue that. So you are, this morning, I want you to know you are healed to help others. Is this helping you this morning? Some of you came in and you're like, I didn't know I had a purpose. Why? How many of you are discovering you have a purpose this morning? And, and, and so what would happen if we lived on purpose? I want you to know part of my rant is you are gifted to give. You are gifted to give. Throughout the New Testament, it is communicated that every Christ follower has been given a spiritual gift. So I want you to look at your neighbor right now and say, you have a spiritual gift. So, tell, guys, tell your wife, it's a beautiful spiritual gift. I want you to know that. It's a beautiful spiritual gift. A spiritual gift is this. It's a divine empowerment given to each of us as salvation. And it's, to, it's used to accomplish God's mission for life change on the earth. And I, I'm kind of looking around the room, and I know many of you this morning, and I know, like, you got, you, you got a gift. But it's different than that person's got a gift. And it's different than that person's got a gift. So when you come into relationship with God, God places his spirit inside of you, and he anoints you with a spiritual gift. How many of you know what your spiritual gift is this morning? You know what it is. You know what that is. And God wants you to use that spiritual gift to join with him in that mission of life change. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. This is not in your notes, but it says this. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. You're gifted to give. You're not, you're not gifted to get. Sometimes we get confused with it. It's not, you're not gifted to get. You're gifted to to give, and if you have been given a spiritual gift, God, the purpose for your life is to continually give through that spiritual gift. Am I, am I, I hope I'm not confusing anybody this morning, but my spiritual gift are this. My spiritual gift is leadership, pastoring, and affirmation. I, I feel like that, that is my responsibility. And for me to keep those spiritual gifts to myself, really, it's unuseful. <laughs> it's unproductive. And I don't want to live my life. I want to live my life on purpose. I want to be intentional. So I try to utilize those spiritual gifts as much as I can. First Peter 4.10 tells us this. It says that we, what to do with our spiritual gift. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them. God has given you a gift. Use them to serve one another. Did you catch that? Our gifts are given to us so that we can better serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Some of you do that. You got the gift of speaking. Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Some of you have that. You have the gift of helps. Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Whatever your gift is, do it with all of your might, your soul, your strength. Then then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. When you live and you work and serve through your spiritual gifts and you do it for God's purposes, God gets glorified. Amen? God gets glorified. So here's the best way to be intentional with your spiritual gifts. Okay? 
Number one, discover what your spiritual gift is. If you don't know what it is this morning, and, I, and that's why I want to encourage you to go through the growth track of Thrive Church. We're going we're gonna to have one the first Wednesday. We, we, we've gone two Saturdays here where we, we did the full version of it. Spent three hours, but we're going to do the first Wednesday of December, and you can sign up online at thrive715.com. I encourage you to go through the growth track, and in 301, the third week, you will discover through an assessment what your spiritual gifts are. I want to encourage you to discover. Discover your spiritual gift. Number two, develop your spiritual gift. So when you have a, a spiritual gift, you've got to grow in it. So each one of these, these band members, and they do an awesome job this morning. Can we give a shout-out to our, our worship team? They did an awesome job. But I want you to know this, that they take their music home, and they're practicing it at home. You know what they're doing? Is they're developing their spiritual gift. And then they come in here on Tuesday night, and they work together as a team. You know what they're doing? They're developing. They're growing in your spiritual gift. So if you have a spiritual gift, you have a responsibility to grow in it. And the third thing that you need to do is you need to deploy your spiritual gift. Can I just tell you something? You know what happens sometimes in church world? Can I give you a warning? In church, I've been in church world long enough where people love to spend time discovering and talking about their spiritual gifts. Love to talk about it. Love to talk. And I love to, and, and they love to grow and they love to develop in their spiritual gifts and they like to practice and practice and practice. But what good is your spiritual gift if you're not deploying it? Deploy your, your spiritual gift. Use your gifts. When you know what they are and you begin to develop them, use them to serve others. You tired of my rant yet? I'm not done here. You are shaped for significance. You are shaped for significance. Ephesians 2.10 says that I love, I love how the apostle Paul describes our lives. It says this, for we, we, you, you are God's Masterpiece. Just, just look at your neighbor and say, you're looking at a masterpiece this morning. I don't know if you, I don't know, if you know that about me, but I, I'm pretty much a masterpiece. God created me this way. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the things that he has planned for us long ago. God created you as a masterpiece, and he's got a plan. A masterpiece is this. It's a work of outstanding artistry, skill, or workmanship, and it is uniquely and purposely created by a gifted artist or craftsman. You are gifted. We are gifted. I, I have before me a clock that, that sits in my office, and my father-in-law made this clock, and I'm telling you, he, he does so many. He is such an incredible craftsman. Uh, and I, I, I reached out to him and was like, hey, I'd like to have a clock for my office. And so he uniquely made this for me. And, and so he, he, he's, he's, been in, he's been doing this for a couple years now, making different kinds of clocks. And when people will come over to this house, I think they have the gift of hospitality. They invite people over to their house. And he's like, hey, 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 before you leave, hang on a second. Just like, and I'll take one of his clocks and say, I'd like to give this to you. And, and you know what? It has his name on the back. It's uniquely made. It's a, this is a masterpiece. And you know what? This is you this morning. 
God has gifted each and every one of you with his hands and smoothed out and he's worked on it and you are shaped. And you know what? It has Jesus' name on it. Where would that come from? God. You, you are uniquely shaped by God. Each of you has a different shape. We, we talk about this in the growth track. And so you got to come and find out what your shape is. But each of us, Rick Warren talks about that each of us has a shape. And if I could use the acrostic shape, you understand this? You have a spiritual gift. We talked about that here just a moment ago. But number two, you, you, you have a heart. And each, I look around this room, and each of you, your heart breaks over something or someone. Something just, what is it in your life that just makes you want to, ah, ah. Each of you has a different ah. But that's your heart. The the A stands for your abilities. Each and every one of you has a unique ability. If if, if I tried to create this, it wouldn't look like this. People would say, what is that? Is that like a paperweight or what? I, I I couldn't do it. I don't have that ability. But you might have that ability. Each and every one of you have different abilities and, and, and giftings here. And, and then the P stands for personality. And each one of you has a different, unique personality. Some of you have a quiet personality. Some of you have just outgoing personalities. Some of you have analytical or detailed personalities. You have a different personality that God has shaped you with. And last of all, the other thing that shapes us is our experiences, our experiences in life. Each and every one of you has a story that you could say, when this happens, happened it changed my life i'll tell you a little bit not not a lot of people know this about me but but this shaped me okay when i was in college i grew up in maybe a community like this maybe like weston in that area and i went to north central university in minneapolis and i got a job driving a taxi cab i'm telling you that those two years two and a half years of driving a taxi cab that shaped me more to be a pastor than my schooling did. I, uh, I assure you of that. That experience changed me. What is a, your experience this morning? So I would encourage you to be intentional by understanding, figuring out how God has shaped you. Go to the grow check. Figure out these things. Ask yourself these questions and then find a place you are shaped to serve. Because as you are shaped to serve. Almost done here. You are infused to influence. Infused. I, I try to come up with an example of infused. How, how many of you ever been to Quick Trip before? And you go through that gauntlet of donuts. And, and I grew up, and there's nothing like a good cream stick. A, a, a long john, right? A, lo, a great long john. And how many of you have bitten into a long john expecting a cream stick and to find it empty? Isn't that just disappointing? You just want to take it back and say, no, you put the cream in there, you know. <laughs> and I bit into one the other day a few weeks ago, and it, it was like they had the pocket there, and somebody forgot to fill with the cream. It, it's supposed to be infused with cream. That's what makes the donut go boom. How do you like my illustrations this morning? <laughs> Some of you would be like, he's reaching here. Uh, let, me, let me give you another illustration. So this clock, this morning we, we take it apart, there's a battery in there. And that battery infuses this clock. There's an internal, there's something on the inside that gives it power to move. 
And the word of God says that you've been infused with God's spirit. Because remember, when Christ came into your life, he put his spirit inside of you. In fact, 1 John 4, 4 says the spirit, listen to me, the spirit of God that lives in you, you know how awesome it is? It is greater than the spirit that lives in this world. Did you know that? God's spirit in you is greater than the spirit that's in this world. And that spirit that is inside of you is not supposed to just stay inside of you. It's supposed to get out. What good is this clock if that battery keeps all the power to itself? It becomes a paperweight. But when the power comes out, it comes alive. I hope that you're tracking with me this morning. Listen to Matthew 5, 14 through 6. That's what Jesus says about you. He says, you, you are the light of the world. You're a light in the world. You're like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Why? Because that would just be foolish. That makes no sense. Why would you have this powerful light in the midst of darkness? Why would you try to hide it? What are you hiding? Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand. It's up on, you put it up on high because the higher it gets, the more light is going to fill the room where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way as that light is on a stand, let your good deeds shine. Let Jesus shine. Let Jesus shine in your life for all to see so that everyone will not praise you but praise your heavenly Father. You, if you want to know what your, what your, uh, your purpose is in life, you're created to shine Jesus. Shine Jesus. You are infused to influence. And so what happens is when a light invades darkness, it changes the environment. You've been infused with the power of God to change the environment in your world. Did you know that? And all you have to do is shine Jesus. Shine Jesus. We do this. Listen to me. The way that we shine Jesus is with our words, with our actions. But I think you, you want to know where it really, really shows up? It's in our words and our actions, because we can say all the right words. We can do all the right things. But it's hard to hide our attitude. And our, I believe our attitude is truly a reflection of our faith. If you want to shine Jesus, make sure that your words and your actions are demonstrated through your attitude. And the last one, I'm almost done with my rant here. <laughs> you are shown to serve. I don't know if I said it right, but if I, if I catch my drift here, John chapter 13, what has happened here is Jesus is, is with his disciples, and this is the Last Supper. And, he's, and this is before he's about to go to the cross. His mission here on earth is now coming to an end. This is like almost the handoff. He's just about to hand it off to his disciples. And he does something completely unexpected, just completely incredible. And, and what he does is he's sitting around a table, and he gets up, and he begins to wash his disciples' feet. Let me grab this towel here. Begins to wash his disciples' feet, which was back in that day. That, that's what only the lowliest servant did. Like, you must have been in so much trouble to have been given that job. That's how low it was. 
And here Jesus is, the king of the world, the Messiah. And he gets down on his knees and he begins to wash his disciples' feet. And they're like, what is going on here? And then he says this, after washing his, his disciples' feet, he says, he put on his robe again and he sat down and asked, do you understand what I just did? You call me teacher and Lord, right? That's what we call him. And you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and your teacher, since I got down and I washed your feet, you need to wash each other's feet. And he's, saying, and he's not talking about, we're, like, we're supposed to get into foot washing business? Yes and no. Yes and no. And I, I, you know, that's, I, I, what, if you, what if you just lived a life and the attitude of a servant? He says, I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have just done for you. I tell you the truth, slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Jesus not only told them to go out and serve the world, but he showed them what it looked like. A heart of a servant. You see, you have been shown to serve. I appreciate so much the serve team of Thrive Church. If you're on the serve team here at Thrive Church, will you raise your hand? That Thrive Church, just look all around. And we can, can we just give a shout out to all these people? Go ahead and respond to them. They're on the serve team. You know what they do? They wake up, they wake up on Sunday mornings. They wake up earlier than most. They get here earlier than most. They put on this humble attitude. They, some of them have been preparing all week. And they come here not so that they can be consumers, but so that they can be contributors. So that they can make sure that you have the best experience that a person could have in a church service. Because they understand the principle of serving. They understand that they have been shown, not by their pastor, but they've been shown by Jesus that they're called to serve. In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, we talk about that, that sacrifice offering, that Thanksgiving offering, the tudah. If you wanted to dishonor God, what you would bring to that tudah offering was something that was second best. You wanted to dishonor God. Nobody else would know, but God would know. Because as you're picking out, what am I going to give to God today? What's going to be my sacrifice? He would know in your heart what you're giving to him, whether it's your best. Once again, God doesn't necessarily want your best, but when you give your best, he, he has your heart. God wants your heart this morning. And so we bring our best to God when we intentionally live on purpose. When we search out our sweet spot. When we find that place, I was shaped for this. I, 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 I say, when I was made for this. Have you ever done something? I hope you, you have that each and every day. Where you, where you wake up in each and every day and you go to work or whatever you do, you say, I was made for this. I can't believe I get paid to do this. Second of all, you live on purpose when you select a place or a people to serve. And again, Thrive Church here, we have a serve team. And there is a place for you to come and to serve. Your sweet spot is somewhere 
in this church. There's an opportunity for you to serve. So you search for it. You select it. And then last of all, you serve. You serve. If you're here today and you're looking to live on purpose, it starts with your service. So, so let, let, let me just re- quickly review my rant here this morning. <laughs> how you like how I put these words together? It drove me crazy. I'm like, do you realize you could go through the entire alphabet describing who you are in Christ? But I chose seven of them. I want you to know this morning, if you're looking to be, live on purpose, you are made for a mission. You're made for a mission. How many of you are made for a mission this morning? You are made for a mission. You are blessed to be a blessing. I want you to know that. Don't forget it. You are healed to help others. You are gifted to give. You are shaped for significance. You are infused to influence. And you are shown how to serve. Let's live on purpose today. Remember, the best way to give gratitude is in your serve. It's in your serve. Maybe you're here today and you've been talking about, like, uh, uh, in Christ. What does it mean to be in Christ? I want to ask you this morning, are you in connection with God? Have you made your peace with Jesus? If you've not done that yet, you can do that right now. Those who are watching online, you can do that. Just, just, just say, just, just repeat after me. Everybody, just bow your heads with me. And just to repeat after me, say, God, I need you. I'm inviting you to come and live inside of me. I'm asking you that you would forgive me of my sins. Change the person in me. I give you the reign. I choose today to live for you. And I'm going to live with you in eternity. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Can we just give God praise for his glory, for what he has done?